Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. The greatest problem in our society, the greatest problem in our society and in America our country, our government, they, they spend not millions, they spend billions of dollars. Our city, even Kansas City, they spend millions of dollars trying to correct these ills in our society, particularly that's flowing from our young folk, you know, from drive-by shootings, robbing, just a whole lot of disrespect. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, criticizing their efforts, but the greatest problem in our society is fatherlessness. Fatherlessness. Mm, Jesus. Oh, God. There's something on me. Man, if you'll tap into it. Glory to God is fatherlessness. Now, I don't want anybody to be offended. <clears throat> but when you have children, because you've met some man or you met some woman and they make you feel good, and out of that feel-good experience, you have a child. You don't have a clue as the hell that you have unleashed. Not just on yourself, but the child. Now, Hollywood would try to paint a picture like it's cool, brothers, for you to have babies. And your manhood is not, de is not defined by how many children you can sire. Are you all listening to me? And a real man, say real man, a real man will not let another man raise his children. So it's time for the brothers and the sisters to wake up. This is not my message, but here I am. It's time for us to wake up and discern the difference, say difference, between love and lust. And in 2023, we have even Christians calling lust, love. Then you get married based on lust. And then wonder after you say, I do, why it's so difficult. Because your foundation is wrong. 
I know God is a, gr a God of grace and a God of mercy. But there's a penalty for not doing things God's way. And whenever we do not do it God's way, perversion always sets in. That's what's happening in our society. Our society is trying to redefine what family is. And because they're not, they're not defining family God's way, their way is perversion. Are you all listening to me? And so the challenge in our society is fatherlessness. Over 40% of our families are led by singles. By singles. Now notice I didn't say single mothers. Because whenever you watch the news, they only talk about single mothers. They never mention about single fathers. Because the whole point is to destroy men. And the devil has to try to destroy the church by feminizing the church that destroys men. Come on now. You, you see, in Genesis, here we go. In Genesis chapter 3, verse number 9, the Bible says that God went down looking for Adam. Why did God look for Adam and not Eve? Why is it that everywhere you look, it's always the minus of men? Now, you can find them in a club. But it's difficult to find them in church. Are you all listening to me? Why did God, after Eve had eaten of the, the forbidden fruit, why did God remain silent? Why didn't God come down looking for Eve when she ate, before she found Adam? And why did God only come down after Adam the man ate? You see, brothers, you're not the head of your house because you're the male. You don't run the show because you call yourself the man. You're in charge. The only thing that qualifies you to be in charge of your family is to be responsible for the family. So if you're not responsible for the water, if you're not responsible for the electricity, if you're not responsible for the insurance, if you're not responsible for the food, if you're not responsible for the shelter, then she's not responsible to tell you how wonderful you are in the midnight hour. The reason God did not come down when Eve bit of the fruit is because Eve was not responsible. Are you listening to me? And Eve is still not responsible. Now, she will take responsibility when Adam removes himself from responsibility. 
because there's something about a woman. Isn't it amazing how a woman can raise three or four kids by herself? And the man who left her and the children can't even send child support. They're messing with me over here. How is it that a woman can make it with one, two, three, or four kids? I mean, she just find a way to make it. But the father of the children, he can't even send child support once a month like he's supposed to. Talking about he's short. Then get mad at her for going to the authorities. And the only reason she's going is because you're not responsible. So now you're mad at her because the government is going to make you do right. What kind of man are you that it takes the government to get on your back to make you do right concerning your own children? Now clap on this one too, sisters. Make sure that they're your own. Because there's a lot of sisters that lie to these brothers. And just because the child looks like you, that don't mean that's yours. Two sisters clap. Because sometimes they lie. It's not necessarily your child, but they pick the best candidate. And sometimes they don't know. Be silent, brothers. So, so to the men who are watching me around the world, no men in this room, but to the men who are watching me all around the world who thinks it's cute, you call yourself a player. You know, you are, you are ladies, ladies' man. You got all the honeys. Yeah, you dripping with women. And, and I'm talking to brothers in the church who, who have a wife but can't keep his hands off of other women. Mm-hmm. Let me just sweep the house. You, you, you got a husband, but you can't keep your hands off of other men. See, what we fail to realize is that the same devil who drives racism is the same devil who drives sexism. Same demon. Same demon. So if you're married and you got eyes for somebody else, that's a demon. And that demon comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so today, we really need, and this is not in my message, but we really need to take time, particularly you young folk, with children, you need to take time with your son and your daughters and teach them about the importance of the impact 
of music and watching certain videos and watching certain television programs which excites certain feelings in the flesh that they don't yet know how to control. Sometimes the kids don't know how to control it because they're married to a mother and a father who can't control theirs. And so everything is based upon a feeling. Most of the time when divorce happens is because somebody says, I don't feel like I'm in love anymore. And see, love has nothing to do with a feeling. And, and just because somebody make you feel good, that don't mean you need to marry them. Are you listening to me? Because when they're tantalizing and tickling certain areas in your physical body that touches the lust that you're dealing with, it will make you feel good. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Boy, he makes me feel good. Yeah. It's, isn't it amazing how when you're, when, before you get married, you can't keep your hands off each other? I mean, brother can't hardly drive the car. It don't make a difference if it's a council in the middle. She's all up on it. Huh? I mean, when you get behind them, you don't know who's driving. Just, you know, two heads look like one. Isn't that something? Before you get married, can't keep your hands off each other. Then get married, don't want to touch each other. Ooh, Jesus. Want to fornicate, but don't want to make love. Y'all didn't catch that. Because if you're intimately involved and you're not married, you can't make love. Who y'all been doing? We just making love. You can't make love. God is love. The only way you can make love, it has to be sanctioned by God. And intimacy is only sanctioned when it's in the covenant of the marriage. I don't care what Washington says. If it's not God's way, it's the wrong way. Are you all listening to me? So let's stop confusing love and lust. Love is giving. Lust is taking. Love is spiritual. Lust is physical. That's why it's easy many times to trap men. Because men are spiritual, then what? physical. Women are spiritual then emotional. So typically she don't want you because she's hot. She usually wants you because you touch something in her emotions. Where a man don't want it just because he saw it. Jesus. So you're wondering why that pretty woman was with that ugly man. <laughs> Not realizing he touched something in her emotions, man. <laughs> they don't want to hear me today, Jesus. Put up nugget number one. Let's, let's, let's do this with the 20 minutes they've given me. 
Family means father's house. Family means father's house. Jesus. Jesus said, I go. Everything's about the father. Your blessing doesn't come from Jesus. Oh, God. Your blessings come from the Father through Christ Jesus. Oh, God. You don't get access to the Father unless you go through Jesus. Are you listening to me? That's why you can pray all you want to, to Muhammad or, or Buddha because none of them give you access to the Father. I'm not saying you're not praying. I'm not saying you're not meditating. You're just not talking to the Father. Because the only way to talk to the Father, you have to go through the Son. And the Son is not a way. Because if he was a way, there would be other ways. But the Bible says that he is the way, the truth, the life. And only through him do you have access to the Father. Because the blessings come, talk to me, from God the Father. And the Bible says that we have been made in the image, the likeness, and the similitude of God. So God created man in his image and his likeness. This is heavy. So that means there's something about mankind that is just like God. Oh, you got to catch this. Everywhere I go, I, I carry an aroma. There's an anointing on me that'll destroy yokes and remove burdens. You can't get close to me and stay poor. Because the aroma, the anointing that's on my life. Are you listening? You can't stay close to me and stay sick. There's an aroma. That, that anointing, it destroys the yoke. Are you listening to me? Good God of mercy. You, you see, you can't. When you're broke, you can only hang around certain people. When you're prosperous, you can only hang around certain people. Now, now, if you're broke and you get around prosperous people, they'll let you in if you want to be in. But they won't let you in when behind their back you're talking about them. Because you can't attract what you despise. Are you all listening to me? There are some ministries, if you connect to it, you can't prosper. Because they don't believe in it. Ooh, Jesus. Then there's some ministries that have an anointing of prosperity on it that when you initially come, it makes you uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable because God is giving you a signal that he's trying to make a change in your life. Oh, God. Are you in Genesis chapter 3? Look at this. Genesis. Well, I asked for a whole lot of stuff. I asked for my nuggets. 
I asked for Genesis 3. Nugget number one, real quick. Nugget number one. Nugget number one. Nugget number two. I'm a little off time here. Nugget number two. Ready, read. Woman don't have any business following you, brother. You're not responsible. The Bible said if the blind lead the blind, they'll all fall in the ditch. How, how is she going to follow you and you don't know where you're going? And statistics, statistics prove that most men wind up nowhere. Why? They never decided where they were going. Ooh, geez, getting quiet. Nugget number three. You were what? Ladies, this is crucial that you understand. It's crucial for you. Meaning that just because you marry a man and he's 30 years old or 40 years old or 50 years old, you just assume he's mature. Only to marry him and discover you married another baby. In other words, maturity doesn't come just because you grow older. Maturity comes because of responsibility. And you can never mature if you're always shifting the blame on somebody else for your shortcomings. Nothing worse than a woman being married to a man always crying and blaming everybody else for what's going on in his life. It's always the boss on the job. It's always the pastor. Always the dog. Always the cat. Never taking responsibility. Boy, this, this is good stuff. Oh, what nugget are we on? Nugget number four. Nugget number four. You cannot exercise authority without taking responsibility. So if your wife or my wife, if they don't work or whatever, are they still going to eat? If your wife doesn't work, will she have a place to stay? If your wife doesn't work, thank God she works. We live in a time time now where, you know, it it almost takes two. And women, you know, have gone out to get an education and all that. And nothing wrong with her, you know, exercising the things that she's learned. But if she just decides she want to come home, can she come home without, you know, tearing up the house? One brother said, yeah, it's all right. I just need to know ahead of time. So we can adjust our lifestyle. We may can't live the way we're living with two incomes. You know, we may, we, you know, matter of fact, we may have to get rid of one of the cars. I mean, since she's not working, we only need one. Wherever she needs to go, she can wait till I get home. <laughs> See, all you heard was altos and bass. You didn't hear <laughs> sisters when <laughs> that devil is alive. <laughs> 
Look at number, number five, please. That's why God designed man to be a covering and not a lid. You have to get, go back and get the rest of the, the lessons on that. Look at number six, please. Come on, read it like, like you can read. Satan tipped, tempted Adam. Why? Because he wanted to become his God. That's a good question today. I know you're sitting in church, but who's your God? And just because you come to church, that don't mean God is your God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You may be here because that's what you were raised to do. You see, some of us, we were raised to go to church, but we weren't raised to serve him. So you attend church, but you're not involved in kingdom business. Is, it, is this good? Satan, in, in his temptation, he wanted to become, that's why he attacked Adam. Satan wanted to become Adam's God. He wanted to replace God, Elohim, and become his God. And the only way he can become his God, he had to get him to violate God's ordinances and yield to his. Are you listening to me? And because he could not get to Adam directly, he went through Adam's wife. That's why it's dangerous for a man to be married to a spiritual woman and he not be spiritual. The family is governing itself based upon what the wife says she has heard from God. And maybe she have heard from God. But before you act, Adam, you need to hear. And if she gets mad until you get here from God, then you might be dealing with control. Give me something else, Jesus. The, the last nugget that I, that I want to use today, uh, nugget number seven. Say it again. So there are places you can go today and you talk about the traditional family and you'll get ostracized. They'll hate you. They'll throw rocks at you with their looks because they will tell you that there are more families than just a traditional family. And they're teaching this to your children because Satan is endeavoring to redefine God's order. That family is a man and a woman. Because it is only a woman. Remember the illustration I gave? It is only a woman who can get out a man what's in him. Another man can't get it out. Go back and listen to the series. When God looked at man and he said, it's not what? It's not good for man to be alone. 
In other words, you and I, Adam and Eve, are the father and mother of, of humanity. So God, when he looked at Adam, he said it's not good for man to what? Why? Because you and I were locked up in him. And there was no way for him to be fruitful and to multiply by himself. And God said, it's not good. Notice when God put him to sleep, he didn't take out of his side another man. He took out of him a woo man, a man with a womb. Because what was in Adam, another man could, come, come here, Minister Orphy. I love him. I, I, his mother allowed me, I mean, he's been around me since he was a young, young lad. And a lot of me is in him. We didn't talk about what we was going to wear today either. He just got on the wrong color shoes. <laughs> but as much as I love him, what's in me, he can't get it out. I don't care what we do. We got children here, so I have to be careful. But I don't care what, what we do. Let your mind, you know, just let it roam. I, I don't care what we do. What's in me, he can't get it out. And if he could get it out, nothing we can do with it. I mean, no matter if society says we can be lovers. If it's love, nobody has any right to say so. But, but God does. Because no matter how much we love, we can kiss all we want. But we can't produce nothing. Why? Because what I got, he can't get it out. And what he's got, I don't want to get it out. Y'all understand that? And, and so God said, it's not good. So God gave him a woo man. Are you listening to She's a man with a womb. In the anatomy, notice one is a giver and one is a receiver. God designed her to receive, Adam, what you give. You give her a seed, she give you a child. You give her food, she make you dinner. You give her a house, she makes it a home. You give her love and she'll talk you to the top. Thank you so much. Are you listening to me? You give her love and she'll inspire you to the top. Yes, 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 sir. If you give her love, she will inspire you to the top. Because it's hard not to make it when the woman you love is whispering in your ear in the midnight hour, you can do it, baby. Together we can make this. We're going to make it, baby. We're, we're going to make it happen. Things are going to change, honey. God is on our side. I don't care what they're talking about on the job. You're going you're to be somebody. God's going to make a way for you, honey. 
It's hard for a man to be defeated when he's got a cheerleader like that in his corner. Some of you ladies need to go stop at the store on your way home and get you some pom-poms. <laughs> Jesus. Is this blessing anybody at all? So a healthy relationship, a healthy relationship, this is good, a healthy relationship takes commitment. We have any married couples here? Anybody going to be married in the near future? L listen, I, I don't care who you get around. They go to grin and smile, including Pastor Halp and his wife, Dr. Donna. <laughs> Marriage is not easy. All right, I'll, I'll say it about him. I don't, I don't care who you get around. I don't care how, how they try to fake you out. Like it's just a bed of ease. Pastor Halp and his beautiful wife, Dr. Donna Leah. I respect them. But, but I know marriage is hard work. If you're going to have a good one. It's hard work. Anybody tell you different, it's a lie. And a honeymoon is just that. It's a honey and a moon. Are you listening to me? And when the reality of the light of life shines on your union, you can't see the moon. So no matter how much you love one another, tough times will come. That's why you don't marry a man, you don't marry a woman who don't love God. You're asking for trouble. Ooh, Jesus. See, you're so concerned about does he love you? No. You need to know does he love, does she love God? Because how they love God is going to have a great bearing on how they treat you. Does a man love God enough to bring his family to the house of God? If you stay home, will he still bring his family? Every now and then, you ought to stumble over your husband somewhere private, unannounced, in a corner, talking to God. He's Adam. And something's going to happen in the family if the head of the family does not have a desire to seek God. When God came down, he did not look for Eve. He looked for Adam. Give me my illustration that I asked for uh, last week, I believe, uh, about uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. Do, do they have that? Can, that, can y'all see that? Yeah, yeah, look at the screen. This is Adam and Eve. In the garden. Now, some of you are struggling with the picture. You're struggling with the picture because you've been brainwashed. But notice 
Adam and Eve covered themselves. And the Bible says that they covered themselves with fig leaves. Now, it's, 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 it's amazing that in the garden, the fig tree is the only tree that is defined what kind it is. And the Bible says that Adam and Eve did what? They covered themselves. Now, now they couldn't fully cover themselves with the leaves, but, but they, they covered what they could with, with leaves. Notice they're not completely covered. As a matter of fact, they weren't even covered that good. So when God came looking for Adam because they sinned, notice what they had done. They did not repent. Notice that Adam and Eve did not repent. They tried to cover. They tried to cover. They tried to hide like some people do today. See, they didn't repent. They covered. You see, if they would have repented, the Bible says that he's just and faithful to forgive you of all sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But they didn't repent. They tried to cover. How many of you this morning are trying to cover instead of repenting? So they didn't repent. They didn't come clean. They didn't come naked like they were before God. They came covered. And whenever you try to cover something, you're going to lie. Whenever you cover something, you're going to lie. And lie separates you in a marriage or any relationship. Because one lie always calls for another one. Are you with me? So, so you can't lie and then try to cover the lie with something else other than another lie. Is this blessing anybody at all? I said, is this blessing anybody at all? So Adam and Eve just simply tried to cover. That's what religious people do. They think they're all right with God because they come to church. Or they got a Bible in the house or on the dashboard. Ooh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? That's religion. Religion tries to cover. Repentance is a brokenness. God, I'm a wretch undone. Forgive me for what I've done. Religion tries to make you feel like you're all right just because you're doing religious duties. Thank God for what you do in the house of God. But what you do in the house of God doesn't make you saved. It's relationship that God is after. Is this helping anybody at all? So religion will separate you from God. Religion will separate you from God just like the fig leaves separated Adam and Eve from God. They were trying to cover instead of asking for grace and mercy.
What are you covering today? What are you covering? I said, what are you covering today? What are you covering that you should be repenting of? Covering is not the same as repentance. Because when you cover something, you can uncover it. But if you repent of something, the blood of Jesus will wash you clean. It's no longer in your life. Is this blessing anybody? Now, I'm going to say something I said a few sessions ago that I didn't give any real amplification to when I said that fornication is the only sin that a person can engage in that can nullify the relationship, not adultery. Ooh, Jesus. Just because a spouse commits a sexual sin is no grounds for divorce. Ooh, man, Jesus, help me today. Ooh, Jesus. Why? Because all of us are potential candidates for adultery. He who thinks he's standing, you need to examine yourself. Because the devil's always looking for an opportunity for you to slip. But the sin of fornication is a whole nother thing. Because fornication means that you have violated a virgin. And the reason that it can't be forgiven is because the girl can no longer become a virgin again. I, I know you religious folks. Uh, what I did for I got saved. But now that I'm saved, I'm a virgin again. The, no, you're not. You might be committed to doing right, but you're not a virgin again. And the reason it can't be forgiven is because once you break the hymen, it can never be broken again. It's a, it is, it, I, I, we have children here, but it's such a powerful thing that God instituted that every person can tell you where they lost it and who they lost it to. Because when you break that hymen, blood is poured out. Are you listening to me? And it becomes a blood covenant with that man and that woman. That's why if you go back to the Old Testament, when a young man and a young woman got married, the first year that they were married, they stayed with the in-laws. And they first stayed with her parents. And the reason, are you going to listen to me? The reason they stayed with her parents for the first few months is because when they came, to, they're already married. Joseph and Mary were already married when Jesus came on the scene. You think betrothed means just courting. But you're already married. How, how many of you saw the Godfather movie? Anybody ever saw the Godfather? Did you see the biblical principles in the Godfather? 
when uh, Michael was in, uh, was in Spain and he got eyes for that pretty young girl and he wanted her, what did he do? He went to her, her father in the movie. Come on now. He went to her father and asked her father for her hand. Notice when the father agreed, you never saw the girl anywhere without other women with her. They were guarding her until they consummate their marriage. So when, they, when a girl got married in biblical days, they would stay with the girl's parents for the first few months so that the man couldn't lie and divorce his daughter. So when they came together, you don't get married unless you're a virgin. Because no man wants a woman that somebody else doesn't touch. It's getting deep. Now today, you want to know how many before I showed up. But if we're going to stay Bible. So when they got married, they stayed with her her parents for the first few months because the first few times of occasions, them coming together, they had to be in her father's house. And when they came together, when they consummated their union, and their union wasn't consummated when the mother or the father said, their union was not consummated when the man or the, the, the husband or the wife said, their marriage was consummated from the, from the man of God. The man of God told them when to get together the first time. Boy, y'all looking at me cocky. Hey, Pastor, how ain't gonna tell me when? <laughs> now, he wasn't telling them, you know, just arbitrarily trying to be facetious or mean, but they believed in the aligning of the stars. And they believed at a certain time with the stars having a certain alignment, when they come together, it, it creates a greater possibility of her having a child. So they weren't just having sex to feel good. Are you all listening? Is this helping anybody? So they stayed the first year when they got married under, under Judaism. You were, you were not allowed to work the first year. When you got married, he, he was not allowed to work the first year. His only responsibility was to her. Hallelujah. Just eat, sleep, have fun. Have fun, sleep, and eat. Have fun. No dispersing energy on the assembly line. All your responsibilities for the first year was to her. But the first few, few months that you were married, to consummate your marriage, after you consummate your marriage, you had to stay with the in-laws. And after you have your first night in the in-law's house, the father, her father, would come in the bedroom and take the sheets. Fold them up. I don't know how he would get them, but he'd get them. Because the sheets 
were proof that his daughter was a virgin. So if later you change your mind and try to defile his daughter, he's got proof that his daughter was a virgin. If you come along and lie and try to get out of the marriage. Because fornication would annul the marriage. And so even today, you limit your chances when you become sexually active. Because most men are looking for a woman who's not sexually active. Though he may be. That's why you complicate your life when you have babies out of wedlock. Because it takes a different kind of man to marry you and want to take care of you and a child that's not his. It's deep. And the devil don't allow you to hear these kind of truths because everything is based upon feeling good. The music, listen to it. It makes you hot. You didn't even have certain things on your mind until you heard certain music. You didn't even have a problem with lust until you saw a certain movie. You wasn't even thinking about playing on your husband or your wife till you started watching As the World. The young and the going to the hospital, the edge. You didn't even think about that stuff till you start watching power. And I'm not talking about Holy Ghost power. All these things attacking your mind, you're laughing, but planting seeds to make you think about things that you were not even thinking about. People doing wrong, and it looks like on the movie they're getting away with it. So the devil tells you, you can get away with it. So no wonder our children today are so sexually active. Ten years old. Eleven years old. Twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old girls having babies. Are you all listening to me? From these play uncles. And stepfathers. How in the world are you going to be sleep, girl? When your husband's in there in the bedroom with your child. I said child because it could be a son. That's too deep of a sleep. That your child is in the other room being violated. And you know it, but don't do anything about it because you don't want to lose a piece of a man, and that's all he is, is a piece. 
Is, is this? Let, let, let me shut it down before I lose everybody's in here. Go, go to Malachi chapter 4 and I close. My time is gone. Is it warm in here? Is it just me? It is warm. I'm sorry our ushers didn't, didn't catch it. Malachi chapter 4. And let's close. Did you get anything at all? See, I, I know about the, listen, late, uh, brothers and sisters, I know about the modern culture. But sex outside of marriage, God, you're playing Russian roulette with your life. Hear me, to, hear me today, sisters. That, that's all right, I don't need it. Hear me today, sisters. You're playing Russian roulette today. Because we got brothers now who are down low or low down, whichever way you want to speak it. And you really have to have discernment today. Because if you believe in God for a, for a man, sisters, or brothers, you could be playing Russian roulette with your life. You done found somebody, you believe they're the love of your life, but, but you don't know the damage that's been done before you showed up. So they got AIDS. You don't hear much about it in the news anymore, but people are still dying like flies from AIDS today. You don't hear about it because the news don't talk about it. Or he or she got herpes. And that's a transmittable uh, uh, disease. Are you listening to me? So you need to be careful today. He could be a man who likes men and women. And we can go the other way, sisters. Now you're hard on us brothers, but he can flip-flop. I, I do know this. There, there's, there's some reason why you ain't touching me. Ooh, he got quiet. I mean, there's, there's a reason why you don't touch me. We're married. It's been six hours. You're laughing, but it's a reason. You, you all are laughing. You'll be amazed at folk that are married that are not doing it. That shut it down, didn't it? You'll be amazed at people who are married who are not doing it regularly. Boy, you ought to see your faces. Married in once a month. That ain't but 12 times a year. The devil is alive. Somebody told me to preach over here. And so that's why I'm really glad, and this is not my message, but I'm really glad that in the church today, we're starting to open up in the church more 
to embrace mental illness. Because you can marry somebody who is smart, educated, pretty, handsome, very articulate, and mentally challenged. And if you're mentally challenged, it will always show up in a marriage. Because marriage is one of the most pressurized institutions that you can get. If there's something wrong with you, Mary folk know I'm telling the truth. If there's something wrong with you, anything, marriage will reveal it. Marriage will reveal it. And I'm amazed of how many mentally challenged people in the church who can quote scripture. but are so mentally challenged because the church tries to spiritualize everything. And I do believe in the power of prayer, but some people need to go get professional help. They really do. Because she's not mentally, he is not mentally sound to function in a healthy way in a marriage. She's not a bad woman. He's not a bad man. The reason they cannot be consistent is because they're mentally challenged. And so you can divorce him, you can divorce her, and you'll have the same problem because you're going to take it wherever you go. And the church, by and large, doesn't deal with it because we try to spiritualize everything. And in some cases, there's nothing wrong with that man. It's a good man. There's nothing wrong with that woman. She's a good woman. They have mental challenges. Sometimes brought on by religion. Got all these hang-ups. Not in the Bible. You've embraced that value because that's the way your mama, your daddy indoctrinated you because they didn't like your daddy or your mother. So they're going to try to tell you, dictate to you how often you all should, you know, be getting together. Let me get something else, Jesus. I'm, I'm, are you in Malachi? Four, verse six. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Notice that God is going to turn the hearts of the fathers. That's why I'm working with the men. Because as men, we have to come together as a village and we have to, we have to desire to mentor our male children. We have to desire to mentor our sons and our daughters. But as men, we have, to, we have to embrace the mandate to raising our sons correctly because they're going to one day be somebody's husband. Are you all listening to me? And you have to raise them right. Are you listening to me? And you raise a boy different than you raise a girl. There's some things you have to stop doing with your son. How old is your son? 
He's 12. There's some things you got to cut out dealing with your son concerning his mother or you'll mess him up. You'll make him weak as water. He's a good looking. He's going to be a big, big old guy. And people are, have a low tolerance for big black men. Especially if they're sorry. And getting, getting quiet on me. But there's a certain way you got to raise them. And you have to raise your young men to know how to take care of themselves. It is them knowing, learning how to take care of themselves that causes them to become qualified to take care of a family. That's why you don't marry a man who haven't proven that he can take care of himself. You're talking about how much you love him. Let him show you his light bills. Let me see your gas bill. And let me see when you paid it. See, this doesn't come up in the dating process. Let, let me see, let me see your, your mortgage receipts. Let me see the due date. And let me see when you paid it. And nothing wrong with me marrying you being a late man, but at least let me know before I marry you that you're a late brother. See, these kind of things. See, you're all laughing, but th these are the things that tear your house up after you done had sex. And that's why you don't want to do it. How can you do it thinking about the light bill? And the water not on. And there's nothing in the refrigerator. I'm mad because you want to do it. I don't know how it can be on your mind. But you fail to realize, sisters, he's spiritual and... He'll tell you it's better in the dark. So this is what I believe is happening. And you're going to start seeing a shift. And nobody be offended, but I'm really playing particularly for African-American men. Because you can go to soccer games, you can go to other games, you can go anywhere, and there's nothing to see other men in the stands other than African-American men. You can go to a park. You see people out there in the park just enjoying the family. But you, you almost need to get your Kodak camera out if you find a black man out there with his family. Just enjoy, go to the zoo. Family's everywhere. But you'd be hard-pressed sometime to find a black man with his family. You see couples walking. Be hard pressed to find a black couple walking. Our little boys, black boys, are starving for mentorship, starving for attention, starving to hear from an older man, how do I, as a little boy, how do I evolve and become a man? Single-parent mothers are pulling their nails out, trying to do the best they can with their sons with no help. So what do we do as a church? It's an indictment against the church. 
that if she's had a child out of wedlock and the father is not involved, the church sit there and do nothing? You want to criticize her, but you don't want to help her? You see her struggling with her son and her daughter, and you just sit there singing your songs? Knowing that that little boy's life is going to have a handicap without the involvement of a man in his life? And then you want to blame it all on her, and you call that sister in your church your sister? So that's what I'm after with these men on Sunday night, to create a quorum of men who will be real men of God that will turn around and help us to disciple the young boys in this ministry and this community. <laughs> to become role models. That they can live a good life and don't have to be a rapper. that they can live a good, productive life and they don't have to be a baller. And the best life you can give your child, the most important thing that you can give your child is to give them Jesus. Your child is not successful. I don't care how much money they got. If they don't love God first in their life, you have failed as a parent. What does it profit a man or woman if you gain the whole world and don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord of your life? Put your hands together. I'm done. We're going to have a baby dedication in just a few moments after the service is over. And I, I gave great thought to what I'm about to say that I was just going to reserve for the parents who are here to dedicate their children. But many of you are not going to stay for the baby dedication for various good reasons. But I want every parent here to know that your child does not accidentally grow up and become successful. Have you ever driven around Kansas City and seen people under the bridge? Any of you ever seen them? Or standing on the corner, those little islands with signs up? Have you ever seen them? I said, have you ever seen them? Yes, See, what you fail to realize, that was somebody's baby. See, sometimes you become so desensitized, you don't see them anymore as human beings. You look at them like they're connected to the sign. That the sign they're holding in them are one and the same. And sometimes you have to psychologically psych yourself out because you don't want to become, uh, uh, what can I say, an uh, enabler. My question is, do you think the parents who had that person under the bridge or standing on the corner, do you think when they had their child, 
that they thought that's where their child was going to end up? But there they are. Did you think the daughter you had was going to have four or five children out of wedlock by four or several different men and going to live on welfare for the rest? Did, did you think when you had your baby, when you was holding that cute little child, did you ever dream or imagine that your daughter was going to wind up living like that? Did you ever dream that your cute little son with them big pretty eyes and wavy hair and goo goo gaga and all of that, did you ever dream that that little boy was going to grow up and become a, 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 a full grown man and have five or six babies spread all everywhere and taking care of none of them? Did you ever dream that that little gift you were holding was going to grow up one day and live like that? Did you ever dream that that child that you fed and clothed would one day grow up and spend the majority of their lives in prison or jail or strung out on drugs? Did you ever dream that that would happen to your child when you were holding them? Yet it has happened to so many parents' children. How come it can't happen to yours? It's quiet now because no matter what your age is in this room, including myself, all of us thought we would be further along in life by the time we got to this age. I got both hands up because I'm being real honest. As good as it is, I thought it would be better. Yes. Studying and doing all of what you were doing, did you ever think that you would be raising a child by yourself? Was that your plan? Coming to church, bringing the family, your husband staying home or your wife staying home, was that what you saw? And I'm saying to you as parents, there's a number of things that you have to give your children, but there are three major things. How many? Three major things that you must instill in your children if they're going to be successful. Number one is a good attitude. Your child is heading for, for a dangerous place living in this life with a bad attitude. And you know it's bad because it's bad towards you. Your child is not going to make it not in this life. Your child will not be successful in this life with a bad attitude because most people don't want to deal with people with a bad attitude. I'll go to another Burger King because I know you work there. 
Come on, say amen to the truth. People with a bad attitude don't like dealing with people with a bad attitude. And you're setting your child up for failure, allowing your child to be shaped and molded with a bad attitude. If they get married, they won't stay. Number two, you have to raise your children to respect authority. You're saying, yes, sir. But you'll be amazed how many children don't respect their parents. You got parents scared of the children. I'm not going to feed you and be scared of you too. The devil is like, put my pork chop down. You that bad, get on out of here and make it yourself. That's what I said. I may cry, but get out. I may be crying while you're going out the door, but get out. Get the clothes you bought. But teach your children to respect authority. Your children are going to have a hard time in life if they don't respect authority. You're going to have to listen to somebody. And if your children don't listen to you and they're not listening to you, if you got to tell them two or three or four times something you want them to do, sit down. Sit down. I said sit down. That's three times. And don't get up until I tell you to get up. You go in the kitchen and come back in and they're up and moving around. And they're just two years old or three or four, and then you act like you don't see it. You're teaching them to disrespect authority because it first starts with you as the parent. Then they're going to run into some racist cop who tell them to do something, and they don't want to do it because they don't mind you. And number three, that's why all five of my sons, I got five black boys, black men. Sorry, I'm calling them boys. They're men now. As strong as any man in this room because I raised them that way. They're all military guys because at 18, every one of them got out of my house. Are you listening? I'm not having no 20-year-old man, no 21, 22, 23-year-old man in my house. So I sent them at 18 to their uncle. And he fed them for four years, everyone. And three of them went to war like I did in Vietnam. Three of them went to Iraq and Afghanistan. But all five of them had their own house. Because I raised them that way. All five of them know how to take care of their family. Because I raised them that way. My, my baby boy, uh, he's got his own house. Matter of fact, he bought an investment house and bought something else the other day. Then he bought something else and showed up on me. I said, hey. He, and he did. Then he, here, this is what blessed me. Then he shared with me how he did it. 
and in my soul, my soul got happy because when he told me how he did it, he was telling me, you were talking, Daddy, but I was listening. And he's 26 years old, not married, no babies, and got it going on because he's listening. Number three, if you're children, if you're going to raise them right, you have to give them chores. Can't let a child lay in your house, don't make the bed. Talking about I'm going to mess it up anyway tonight. You, you, you can look at me all cockeyed. You got them kids in your house. You, they don't take out trash. They don't clean the floor. They don't wash dishes. They don't clean your car. They don't open your door and you their mama. Y'all go to the car and he's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. He just gets in the car and don't open it for you and you don't see nothing wrong with that. And you making him sorry for a wife one day. Because he won't open the door for his mama, he's not going to open the door for his wife. And that's training. And when he get a little piece of a job, if he don't come home and give you some of his money, something wrong with that boy. When he don't want to give his mama some money, you make him give money to his mama. Why? You're training him to give money to his wife who always want money. You're going to laugh at him if you want to. But you raise them children and you don't give them any chores. They don't have any responsibility. Just up in their room playing Nintendo and listening to music, waiting for dinner, eating, don't even wash dishes. Don't even put them in the dishwasher. And if they put them in there arguing about who's going to take them out. You laugh, but it's the truth. So no wonder when the child is 18 or 19 and they got to go, they can't keep a job. You raise it with no chores. You raise it with no responsibilities. And without responsibility, you can't have maturity. That's why at 11 years old, I stopped my boys from taking money from my wife, their mama. so that they would not have a, a mindset of being comfortable taking money from a woman. And they won't be looking for a woman to take care of them. They won't be looking for a woman who got an apartment so they'll have somewhere to stay. You don't marry her to get money from her. You marry her to give her money. And if that's not your mindset, something's wrong with your mind. A woman loves it when her husband gives her money. A woman loves it when her husband gives her money. Even if she don't need it, she'll take it anyway. I'll ask my wife, you need money? I got money. And then I, you know, still give it, and she, she takes it. She says, well, I can always take some more. Because women love her husband giving her money. It does something to her. That's romance, brother. 
You want to change the frequency? I can't get no help today. I know what I'm saying is a little hard, but it, but it has to be taught because we're messing up our sons. In some cases, our daughters are stronger than our sons. And in most churches, the single women have more, more accomplishments than the single men. Because we're not careful, we raise our sons to be cute. And we raise our daughters to make it. We raise our, daughter, our sons to be cute. And we raise our daughters with a mindset that they don't need a man. Girl, I'm raising you so you don't have to depend on no man for nothing. But then you raise your son who need a, a woman to make it. That's why most of the shacking up, when people shack up, it's her place. Because by and large, men don't shack up. If he got an apartment, he's going to stay in there. If you don't believe me, check it out. If you don't believe me, check it out. If they're shacking up, find out who, whose name is on the lease. Nine times out of ten, it's her place. I get a couple looks from some brothers and say, man, you messing up all, you just <laughs> stepping all, all over my game. That's what I want you to stop playing games and get serious about your life. Hopefully I said something to bless you. If it didn't bless you, go back and listen to some of the former series. I believe it'll, it'll really bless your life. Remember now, when Adam and Eve made a mistake, and we all make a mistake, yes? Don't do like Adam and Eve and get fig leaves and try to cover yourself. When you make a mistake, and we all make mistakes, but we serve a God who will forgive us if we'll repent, if we'll confess our sins. He's just and faithful and cleanse us and give us another chance, yes, to get it right. It's the same with your family. I don't care how your marriage has been. It could always be better. Are you listening to me? If you're married, your husband's not serving God like he should. He's never going to serve God like he should if you're beating him over the head. If your wife is not serving God like she should, she's never going to serve God like she should if you're beating them over the head. What people need today is encouragement. So if your husband's not right, he's not wrong in every area. So find an area that he's right and magnify that. She's not wrong in every area, brother. Oh, man. Yes. If you just focus in on the area that your spouse is not right, it'll change the way you feel about them. And it's not that they're not a good spouse, it's just that you're, making, you're majoring and focusing in on the area that they still need to come up to measure. 
And, and you can focus on the wrong thing, the negative, so long that you'll think that the only way out for you is divorce, and it's not. Divorce is not your answer. You need to change your focus. My question to you would be, do I do anything right? Do you see any good in me at all? It's clear that you do because you're still there. Magnify that. Magnify that. And then believe God. When your spouse is asleep, seek over them. That's not witchcraft. That's Bible. Declare, my husband is a man of God. My wife is a woman of God. My husband, my wife loves me dearly. My husband, my wife will only do those things that bring joy to my heart. Speak over them. You'll have what you say. My husband is the head, not the tail. Yeah, doors may have closed on him, but as his wife, you can open up a door for him. You can open up a door for him. God, I petition heaven now on behalf of my husband that you open up a door of favor for my husband. You open up a door of favor for my wife that will cause myself and our family to rise to the top and not lay at the bottom. God, you said you would do it if I would ask. And so I'm asking you to open up a door for my husband, open up a door for my wife, Open up a door for my son. Open up a door for my daughter. Open up a door for my grandbabies. So that their lives will be different. I see my husband serving you, God. I see my wife serving you with their whole heart. I see my family serving God. I'm declaring that now for my family. Not just come to church, but on fire for God. I'm declaring that over my family. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what I'm confessing. My son will marry the right daughter. Will marry the right woman. That will come in and aid him and not hinder him from flowing in the things of God. He'll be a blessing to her and she'll be a blessing to him. She'll help him to fulfill the call of God that is on his life that will lighten my and my wife's load. His wife will help my wife. He will continue to help me in the things of God. If they were not called to help me, then they didn't need to be my children. There's going to be a plumber. They needed to be a, married to a plumber. There's going to be a carpenter. They needed a father. There's going to be a carpenter. I'm a preacher. Ooh, Jesus. And everything produces after his own kind. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.